You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. What it comes down to is we got to play with more heart. It doesn't matter what scheme we have. We could install the triple option in the bye week. And if our guys don't believe in each other and believe that they're going to win and play with great resolve and toughness and grit, it doesn't matter what we do in that regard. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door, because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Like I said, coach our kids to, to do the right thing and uh, you know, play with poise, play with confidence, play with dignity, play with class. At the same time, we're not going to take anyone's shit either. We want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? All I want to do is fucking eat! I want you to eat! I want you to eat! I want you to want this shit! Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me! Bunch of it did it again! Welcome in to the latest edition of That SEC Podcast. My name's Michael Brenton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy. Y'all go realize real quick we ain't morning people. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just rolled out of bed recording this podcast. So uh, let's get down to the action. Shane, you ready for these awesome slate of games? Ready to make some week 13 picks? <laughs> yes, sir. Let's do it. Gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Not only am I picking Toledo to cover, I'm picking Toledo to win outright. I can't kick your ass, me. heard you say that. <laughs> that, that well, he kicked my ass regardless. <laughs> exactly. Like They're going to beat the brakes off Miami. You watch it. Mike, if Florida wins this damn game, I will sing the fight song Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening, brother. Yeah, orange and blue, waving forever. Forever pride, old Florida. May she droop. Joking here. I, I forgot to hit record, so you got to do that again. Are you shitting me? No, I'm recording it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. So we literally only have three games here with actual point spreads, but you know we don't want to totally ignore the other games. So we're not necessarily going to pick scores for these games, but. Uh, let's just go in order of the kickoff, Shane. We've got two noon kickoffs from the state of Alabama with uh, Western Carolina at Alabama and Sanford at Auburn. Is there any one thing you're looking for from uh, Auburn or Alabama in these matchups? And uh, I could go first with Auburn. You know, obviously, they should dominate this Sanford team, but I just really want to make sure – I need to see – Bo Nix and company get this passing game going to get some momentum going into this Alabama game. Yeah, they you know they closed strong there against Georgia in the fourth quarter with a couple scores, but if they don't get some momentum going here heading into the Iron Bowl, I'm kind of fearful that it's just going to be more of the same from Auburn's offense against Alabama. And uh, the only other thing that I really want to see, I'm starting to really lose confidence in Anders Carlson, the kicker. I know he had a rough freshman year he looked to be rebounding there as a sophomore but 
Uh, you know, once again, missed kick came up came up big last week. So um, if they have any field goals, he needs to make every single one of his attempts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm going the opposite side, man. I'm I'm more curious about this Alabama game just because. You know, there's a lot of pressure uh, coming in as a quarterback for the University of Alabama, you know. And this is a tune-up game for Auburn. And I, I think that I want to see some scripted passing. I don't want to get too conservative too quick. I know there's going to be at some point they're going to pull Jones. But uh, I just want to see Alabama come out, do their thing, and, and, and just – you know, just work. It's a tune-up game is all this is. This is a, a perfect, both of them, actually, Auburn and Alabama. This is a tune-up game for each other. Um, Auburn's got to get back to running the ball, which I think they're not going to have any problem doing against Sanford. But uh, if they if they don't have something planned for Alabama and it becomes one-dimensional, we all see what happens when Auburn can't run. They can't win. So, uh, I'm just I'm just looking forward to uh, next week's game, you know, obviously. But with two regular season games left, you better soak up Western Carolina and Sanford, buddy, because it's a long ways before August 31st, man. Hey, well, speaking of uh, Alabama, Shane, real quick, I got uh, some clips here I thought were pretty good. Nick Saban actually tries to tell a joke. I think it's the first time <laughs> I ever heard that. Um, and then, you know, normally when he's asked about playing some younger players, he gets all mad and pissy and starts screaming. And he actually admits some young players this is going to be some of their first action. And then uh, last but not least here on football, turning into more of an offensive game. Just wanted to get Saban's thoughts on that, considering he's a defensive guru. You know, I did FaceTime with Tua today. Uh, he was in good spirits. Um, you know, he got his nose done, so he hadn't shaved for a couple of days, so I had to tell him, you know, I like to say you look good, but um, but he was in great spirits and a good mood. And um, so anyway. With the defensive line, uh, how have you seen that group respond this week with so many guys injured and, and their young guys like uh, Sopcher and Graham haven't played much? Uh, what kind of potential do they have for this weekend? Well, we'll see. You know, we'll see how they're playing. They they all getting an opportunity to play this week, and um, you, you know they're getting a lot of reps in practice, and um, you know so I, I I'm I'm not disappointed. Uh, their effort has been good. Uh, they're trying to learn. Um, you know, some of them have been on the scout team all year. Sometimes you develop more on the scout team than you do, you know, when you're a backup player who doesn't get as many reps because you're going against good competition every day. So, um, but we're going to have a few of those guys that are going to have to fill in in this game, and this will be a good opportunity for them. And I'm kind of anxious to see how they respond, to be honest with you. Certainly a perception that offense has sort of taken over the game of college football. And I looked up in the SEC record book, and I did notice that most of the top offensive performances have been in the last 10 years. And I want another more games, that's part of it. But I wonder if maybe there are some other things that you think, uh, if you agree with that, that have contributed to it. And also, if you think it'll uh, the pendulum will come back and defenses will catch up, or we're seeing the future of football. No, I, I kind of think the game has changed, and uh, I think it's changed. I think the rules that we have um, have sort of benefited the offense. The 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 advent of the RPO 
uh, because guys can go three and a half yards downfield and um, has created you know, a totally different dynamic in terms of playing defense and being spread out on the field. Um, you know, I think personnel-wise, um, you see because of this, even in high school, um, let's just say back in the day, you would play um, your best player at tailback and have two skill guys on offense playing wide receiver. And maybe some of the other guys play defense. Well, now, you know, people have four and five guys playing skill positions on offense. Uh, they have several guys playing tailback. Uh, they have a very athletic guy playing quarterback because that benefits you in this kind of an offense. Uh, so I think there's more players actually being developed as offensive players, you know, because the style of play has changed uh, and they, they can enhance more opportunities. So, um, I know it's more difficult to find, you know, the kind of guys that you need now that are athletic enough to play the spread game. Um, and, you know, some of the guys that are just big, slow guys that you could play, you know, in the past when you're playing more of a wad ball type of game, um, they can't rush. They, they, they can't really play. And, you know, the development of the passing game, I mean, like it's a little over 60% of the plays in the National Football League are passes. Um, it was probably 40%, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, so I think uh, the growth of how people play offense in terms of spreading it out and uh, the development of quarterbacks, more quarterbacks can run this kind of offense, get the ball out of their hand and make you you know, defend in space, and then you got to have those kind of space players on defense. So I, I don't – I mean, I think if you have really good players on defense, and there are teams that have really good players on defense, and I think we've had a lot of really good players on defense, and I think we got a lot of really good players on defense now. I think, it, you know, our deal got affected a little bit about losing some guys. Um, that you're athletic enough that you can play these plays on the perimeter and you can match up with the other team's skill. Um, but I think you're going to see more and more or less and less of those types of defenses and more and more prolific offenses. All right, Shane. I couldn't believe it when I heard old Saban. I, th I mean, I think I was supposed to be a joke. I didn't, I didn't really get it. But uh, thought, <laughs> thoughts on uh, it, it seems like uh, Nick's hard exterior is kind of cracking a little bit. Oh, maybe he's retired, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm not used to this. And then uh, apparently neither is the media down there because no one smiled at that one. So uh, he's trying, man. He's trying to look human and and uh, show emotion. But, um, yeah, I think that may have been uh, something he thought up on the way over, you know? <laughs> All right, Shane, next game. Just wanted to touch on briefly here, UT Martin at Kentucky, you know, for me, I want to see Sawyer Smith. I want to see what he does. I don't want to see Lim Bowden taking a bunch of shots. I mean, obviously, Lim Bowden could probably rush for 200 yards against this squad. So mm -hmm. get him out of the game pretty quickly. I want to see what Sawyer Smith can do under center once again. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. You know, they become bowl eligible after winning this game. Um, so I, I want – I want to see them give Lynn a little rest. Um, I mean, he's been asked to do a, a whole lot. So I'm kind of with you there. I want to see Smith come out. I want to see some throwing, man. 
You know, you're going against UT Martin. I, I think that uh, a little passing's not going to hurt, you know, and uh, I, I think Stoops does dial up some things here to, to make this team just a little bit different, but he's not going to show too much because he doesn't have to during this game. Defense is going to bring it. Um, I'd like to see the defense shut UT Martin out, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of uh, passing game, Shane, next on the docket, ETSU at Vanderbilt. Better see something <laughs> from Vanderbilt's passing attack. Otherwise, hell, they may lose this one, Shane. They can't just go all Keyshawn Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on uh, what you want to see? I mean, I need to see Riley Neal look at least competent. I mean, this guy killed it at uh, the MAC. I, it's just stunning to me that he's so ineffective at the SEC level. Not not to say I thought he'd be an all-star, but I thought he would be at least a quality player. But uh, what are your thoughts on that matchup? Yeah, I think he gets over 100 this game. But, you know, I am curious because ETSU is one of those teams that you just can't sleep on. And Vanderbilt can't afford to look overlook anybody. And I'm telling you, I know they've come out and they've – patted mason on the back and said he's going to be back next year but i guarantee he drops this game they're going to be singing a different narrative so uh i'm i'm looking i'm looking forward to this game i think it's going to be closer than the experts thinks you know i don't know if they even came out with any type of spread for this thing but better bill's got to bring it man they gotta they gotta get back to their roots and that's running the ball that's playing aggressive tight defense you know and and mason has to do something to prepare for the following week because this is a good chance to tune up for tennessee all right Shane, final cupcake here abilene christian at mississippi state the only thing i'm looking for here mississippi state's defense kind of being getting shredded here recently Mm -hmm. They really need to shut this team down. If they don't do that, I got some major concerns heading into this Egg Bowl with uh, John Rice Plumley heating up. I mean, if they can't shut this team down, they're going to have a long, long Thanksgiving night. Oh, yeah. Well, I've, that's the thing. I've not done a lot of research on Abilene. I don't even know where that's at, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I do know that they got a pretty good record, it looks like. So Mississippi State, you know, that. They're they gotta win, man. They gotta win out. They gotta win today or Saturday. They gotta win next Saturday at the Egg Bowl. I mean, to to make a bowl game. Then I think it's a success down there at Mississippi State with the with the cards they were dealt at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Joe's had his back against the wall. So, it this is another one of those games that I just think that they've got to. I don't know. They've got to move forward it's not one of those games you want to see them struggle at all this isn't a game you want to see uh, uh stupid mistakes this isn't this is a tune-up game because next week i guarantee old miss is going to be bringing it uh and you know abilene christian this is i mean old miss has got two weeks to prepare for you you know what i'm saying they're mm-hmm. going to be watching this there's going to be more old miss people watching this game probably than mississippi state because they're getting ready for the week after so uh, now just good sound ball don't give away anything just play just play mississippi state mississippi state ball and, and and prepare for the following week all right Shane, let's get into the sec action we got a real barn burner to start with here <laughs> arkansas at lsu the tiger shane favored by 44 points <laughs> <laughs> Let's kick it over to uh, interim coach Barry Lunny Jr., Shane, on keeping even his family in the dark. They don't know who's starting for the Razorbacks under center. And then uh, being part of a previous 0-17 Arkansas program that really turned it around, how that experience should help this time around. 
professional boy best at this point. When you said your son was asking you about quarterback, was that Luke or Levi asking you about it? That was Luke <laughs> and Levi. What'd you tell him? And Luke. What'd you tell him? Uh, I think I told them the truth, I think. Uh, I don't know. No, I didn't. I don't think I think I held it from them because that's a tough position to be in to go to school, you know. They tell me on the bus every day they've been asking them who the quarterback's going to be. And so if they don't know, you know, they don't have a – they don't have to worry about hiding anything. So, uh, you know, that's uh, – that's a need-to-know basis, I guess, that even in the Lunny household, that, that doesn't go all the way across all family members. I feel like we haven't just heard Barry, tough, tough question here. Um, you broke the 0 for 17 a few years ago against LSU. Now you're in another 0 for 17 in the SEC. Just, I don't know. How, how difficult has this kind of period been, I guess? It's been tough, sure. It's been, it's very tough. I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough game. It's a grind, and it go, a lot of work goes into each week in preparation. It's six days worth of it, and when you come up short, it's it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's you know it's it's tough to deal with. It's disappointing, disheartening. I should even say at times. And uh, this is the second time I've seen this, and I've seen us break through that and become on the other side, become uh, greater. I believe this. I believe that just beyond, I believe just on the other side of your greatest obstacles is a great breakthrough. And. You know, I think it has it has been tough on our guys, but uh, I, I don't really draw a comparison to the numbers. But man, I mean, our kids, our players, and our coaches were overdue for something good to happen to us, and it's not going to be given to us. We're going to have to go learn the thing. I mean, there's no way around it. But again, if we'll play our best football game of the year um, this year, this week, and then do the thing, the same thing the next week, I firmly believe we're going to have a chance to break through. I believe that. All right, Shane, and I believe. The last time Arkansas went 0-17 in conference games, do you know who their first win was against? No. Was it LSU? LSU, Shane. <laughs> so I'm just – I'm not saying it's going to happen. <laughs> but I'm saying there's a chance. And we don't know who's starting at quarterback, but uh, hopefully they got a better plan than they had in recent weeks. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one, Shane? It's just like those lottery tickets, Mike. Somebody's got to hit it. You know what I'm saying? You just never know. Is this the one? Um, you know, LSU's, they're overlooking Arkansas. I mean, it, I don't care how you slice this thing. They're, they're overlooking them. They're not worried about them. And, and Arkansas, uh, on the flip side, I, I love this new coach. I, I mean, he just sounds so good at the mic, but I want to mm -hmm. see what he can do on the field. And, uh I, I think he rallies these boys, you know, because you see it. There's always an uptick when these interns comes in, and uh, it just feels like the team plays harder. They play more as a team. So what's a joke is this spread. Um, if you're a gambling man, I don't, I can't find any way possible that I want to put money on LSU on this thing. I think they win, but I, I just think that Arkansas keeps a lot closer than 45 points. So, uh, my lock of the week early. I'm going to LSU 42, Arkansas 28. Ooh, got a we got a real good one down here on the Bayou. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> a multiple touchdown good game here, but I gotta agree with a lot of what you're saying. Now, who's gonna be the starting quarterback? I think it's gonna be Nick Starkle. I think that's gonna be their guy. They need to get his head right. Stop playing these damn games. And, I mean, I think the only game they're playing now is with the media, whereas before they were just doing it in the locker room. So it's going to yeah. be interesting to see who's the starting quarterback. I, I would be shocked if it's Ben Hicks. Uh, it, it could be 
KJ Jefferson. I think it's going to be Jefferson or or Starkle, but I really I lean towards Nick Starkle. Just rally against a guy with uh, the best arm that's played the most, finished strong. You're going into the number one team in the nation at night. They're they're not doing Barry Lunny any favors, Shane. No, they're they not. Could, they could have made this a nooner, but they made it a Death Valley night game. Ouch. But kind of like what you said. I mean, uh, once this line came out, you know Arkansas. There's They've just been a national joke all season long, and you thought it was going to end with the firing of Chad Morris, but it continues with this point spread. I think if they got any heart, if they've got any guts, you know, they'll come out and they'll, they'll play hard. There's a lot of talent still on this Arkansas team. I don't necessarily think they're going to threaten LSU in terms of actually winning the game, but 44 points for a conference game – you know, I, I know Arkansas look like one of the worst teams in recent SEC history, but, and, you know, you can't really argue that fact the way they're playing, but they've mm-hmm. got better talent than a lot of teams I've seen in recent years. So I look for that to start to be shown a little bit this week. LSU gets an easy win, but I think Arkansas gets an easy cover. I'm going LSU 48, Arkansas 20. Lock it down, Shane. Lock it down. Is this your lock of the week, too? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see KJ. I mean, you know, the guy's, he's, he's, it's a job interview, man. And fans want KJ out there. So why not run him out there? You got to see how old Plumtree did against last week. Just cut KJ loose and tell him to run whenever he wants, you know? But mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the, I don't know if that's the answer for LSU, but uh, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. All right, Shane. T- Tennessee at Missouri. The Tigers, four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. This is going to be the night game on SEC Network. Who do you like in this matchup? Oh, Mike, this game's got me worried. Of course, I say that every week, I think, when I'm talking Tennessee. You know, <laughs> these Tennessee's been playing great. They've been playing lots out with defense. Um, but I don't think they've faced a quarterback quite like Kelly. And it feels to me like Missouri is starting to come together at the right time. You know, they were they were upset about this offense and the fact that there's been no production. And it just feels like a scripted time when, I don't know, that, that Missouri just comes out and says, they finally figure it out. So I don't know if that's the case or not, but Missouri is tough at home. And I, I've, I've gone back and forth on this one. But I think, oh, man, it crushes my soul, Mike. But I think this is the week that Tennessee drops one. And Ooh. Missouri, I've got them winning this thing, 28, Tennessee 20. I just, I don't know. I, there's some things, there's some. There's something that, about this game that worries me. Like I was telling you, Missouri's playing better at home. Mm-hmm. They haven't had the offensive production, but they got a lot of it coming back this week, you know, and, and you know, as far as athletes. And Kelly's got another week of, of getting healthy. And, uh, you know, I know – we haven't really faced a like I said, we haven't faced a quarterback like this. You look at the last few weeks where we've shut down defenses, but uh, or shut down offenses. The the best quarterback we faced was Holinsky. You know, I just think Kelly's just a different tier. Uh, I think he gets back to fundamental ball, and um, Tennessee doesn't secure the the bowl game this week, but Missouri does. Um, like I said, Tennessee twenty, Missouri twenty eight. Well, I'm glad you're at the other side of this one, Shane. It gives me even more confidence in my selection here. But, you know, I went back and been watching a lot of Missouri, trying to figure out what in the hell is wrong with this offense. 
that has just cratered under Derek Dooley and Kelly Bryant. So much hype, so much production early in the season. And, man, I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, every time I thought Florida had an outstanding game plan to kind of force him to move out of the pocket, Kelly Bryant clearly still not 100%. I'd say he's closer to 70% than he is 100 He doesn't have that fifth gear. The receivers aren't getting open. He's not really hitting them. And the whole thing is structured around the running game, and they're not getting anything out of it. So I just don't know if that changes this week. This has got to be the if – if they can't get it going this week, they're obviously not going to get it going, I don't think, for the rest of the year. But I don't know. I really like the way Tennessee's playing on defense. On offense, I think it could be a struggle because Missouri is still playing really well on defense. I think it will be very hard for Tennessee to get any more than the 20 points you have suggested. That's kind of where I've got them at. I'm still really curious to see who they play at quarterback. I think it's going to be Jarrett Garantano. We may see some Brian Maurer. I don't know how that's going to play out just yet. But uh, Tennessee really needs to get the, the running game going. That's something that's kind of been missing here in recent weeks. And Missouri's another tough team. They they shut Florida down on the ground. Can they do the same to Tennessee? If so, we're going to have a really close one here. But I'm going the other way, Shane. I like Tennessee, and much like you, I think they're going to score 20 points only in this game. It's very hard to win a football game only scoring 20 points on the road. But Missouri is in such, a, such an issued state on offense. I think they've only got 17, Shane. Kicking edge goes to Tennessee. I think that could be the difference in this one. So I'm going Tennessee 20, Missouri 17. I think they got the wrong team favorite in this one. Mm. No, I like yours better, Mike. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jay, game of the week, if you can call it that, on CBS. Hopefully this is a good game. Georgia hosting Texas A&M for the first time as an SEC foe. Thoughts on this matchup, Shane? Yeah, a lot of thoughts, Mike. I, I, You know – there's part of me that wants to think that Georgia overlooks Texas A&M that, you know, this is the, they've already locked up the sec championship game. And, you know, this is just Jimbo's boys. They've lost three games. We've, we're going to smoke them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there's a part of me that says, you know, Texas A&M, you know, they've, they've kind of found their stride here of late. Uh, it seems like these young kids are getting better every week. Um, but I don't think, I don't think they can upset Georgia. I I mean, just, I've, I've tried different scenarios in my head and I just think top to bottom, Georgia's just way too talented and, and they've not really shown, I mean, they've, they, everybody wants to go back to the South Carolina game, but I think it's so far away. I think they've done a lot of growing up since then. Mm -hmm. And I don't, they just, they don't make mistakes, man. They just play sound football. And that's where I'm more concerned with Texas A&M because now they are going to be playing, I think, the best defense in the nation. And, you know, Texas A&M will not be able to run against these guys. Uh, They're going to make mistakes because they're still young. But, I mean, they're still growing. I think Texas A&M's a a year, maybe two years removed from, from competing against games like this. Maybe next year. I could see next year. So, Georgia... Just is going to capitalize on the mistakes that the Aggies make here. So I've got Georgia winning 
And cup? No, no, not covering. I got them close to covering. But Georgia twenty-seven. I got Texas A&M seventeen. I I, th- I still think it's going to be a closer game, mm-hmm. but that's more to do with just how Georgia plays ball more than it does with uh, than you know the actual. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on this one. What do you think? I, I've gone back and forth <laughs> on this thing, dude. Because I like like I said, Texas A&M. I wanted to count them out so early, but. As of late, man, they really have been playing better. And if if they play a flawless ball, it would not surprise me if uh, they beat Georgia even, you know, especially if Georgia's overlooking them. But I just I, – I can't – I don't know. When we're talking putting money on it, I don't – I just can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a tough one to call, particularly with that spread, because Texas A&M's been playing so well here recently. I think the biggest thing for me, Shane – I still have questions about the Aggies. I mean, we really come around on them. It looked like a month ago they were kind of just treading water. Mm-hmm. But they have really picked up steam in consecutive weeks here, looking really good. But the biggest question mark with them, when they face one of these elite teams, how do they look? We still have not really seen them put together a really good performance against a quality opponent like a Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's, gonna make, it's even tougher considering it's on the road. My biggest issue with the matchup heading into this one, it it seems like what Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, what they're trying to build is something similar to Georgia with physicality, running game, tough-nosed, line of, line of scrimmage play. They, they want that to be the strengths of the team. They both have you know solid quarterbacks that they're going to win you the game, but they may not you know look like Tua or, or Joe Burrow or something out there because they're not necessarily asking those guys to be that. But the issue for me is that Georgia's had such a head start that uh, when you when you want to talk about line of scrimmage, you want to talk about depth in the front seven, Georgia is just at another level where Texas mm-hmm. A&M just has not had the time to build up their roster. They're getting there. Like you said, they're getting there. They're probably a year away, maybe two, from equaling a team like Georgia in the line of scrimmage. I think that's going to be the difference here. And, you know, the real key for Texas A&M in recent weeks has been they've really gotten that running game going. It wasn't that long ago we were wondering, you know, who's going to run the ball for them? Why can't their their offensive line get any push? And I think that's been the, the difference here in the last month, why they've been so successful. But can they do it against a team like Georgia that's only allowed one rushing touchdown all season and looked dominant? I mean, that's the biggest question mark I have. So mm-hmm. this, this, I'm with you with this spread. It's very, it's very tough. Thirteen and a half. That's a that's a weird one. <laughs> but uh, I think Georgia clearly has eyes on the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. They've got eyes on winning the SEC, not you know backdooring their way in, but they want to beat LSU. Maybe jump up to right now they're number four, obviously. But I think they want to be one of the top teams considered. I think they're, they've got their eyes on the big prize. I don't think there's any way they overlook a quality opponent in Texas A&M. All that considered, I'm taking Georgia to win the game and cover. I'm going Georgia 30, Texas A&M 16. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And that was a tough one. That was a tough one to pick. But uh, I, I just think Georgia's going to be a little bit too much to handle for the Aggies right, right now. Would it blow your mind, though, if Aggies won this thing? I mean, could you see some scenario where it's just like Georgia limps into this thing and, and at halftime you, you're looking at it and Aggies are up two scores, you, you know? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've got what it takes to compete with the University of Georgia. But I just – I don't know. There's – the youth worries me. Um, and I just think Georgia, Georgia messed up in South Carolina, but they haven't really messed up since. They've played some good ball and – uh, I think they they build off what they did last week uh, against a real good team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I and don't. It's, it's kind of like we said earlier in the week. We're still kind of waiting for Jimbo Fisher to deliver that signature win, but you yeah. know it's coming. You know yeah. it's coming. So it could be this week. I mean, that would really kickstart 2020. Hell, Heck, if, yeah. if, if Texas A&M were to win this game and somehow win at LSU. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to a New Year's Six game. I mean, imagine yeah. all the all the momentum they'd have there. So, I'm certainly not saying that's the way they've been playing. That's possible. So, yeah, uh, it's going to get much more difficult here in the coming weeks. But I'm not ready to write them off. So, I I could be totally wrong on my pick here, mm-hmm. Shane. But I just I got that much faith in Georgia right now. It seems like they've it seems like they're finally uh, the team we thought they were. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, man. I'm ready to crown them. You're ready. <laughs> All right, Shane, so that's it. We This morning pod, we got to get our asses going here. Uh, thanks for joining me this early here on a Friday, but uh, you got anything before we hop off here? No. Um, like you said, this is, a, this is the morning one, so I probably didn't make any sense during this thing. And uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate everybody hanging out with us and being patient with us. We just had a, th- a couple of things come up last yesterday, and we weren't able to get together. So, uh, Mike will have this out shortly, and uh, I look forward to a fantastic weekend of blowouts, Mike. <laughs> Shane, this is what happens when people start mailing us bourbon. The, the podcasts are going to come a little bit later than usual. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> All right, Shane, thanks for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one, and uh, enjoy the weekend of football. All right, see you guys. Go Vols. <laughs>